Hoffaday, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. From Harvest Family Radio, this is Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is Friday, December 28th, episode 296 of Live Till 5. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of KHMG 88.1 FM Harvest Family Radio. Glad to have you with us during this Christmas break. We're in the in-between period of time between Christmas and New Year's. And glad to have you with us today. If you're listening on Friday, December 28th at 3.07 p.m., you're listening to a live local talk and variety program here at Harvest Family Radio, where we hope to entertain you a little bit, inform you, edify you, and build you up in your Christian walk, and just give you a nice alternative on a Friday afternoon. You might be driving about, maybe returning some of those Christmas gifts that didn't quite fit, or ones you got duplicates of, or maybe you're heading home from that one or two days of work that uh, you had to do this week after the holidays. Some of you are enjoying an extended break if you're a school teacher or something like that, and you get a little bit of an extended time off. I know our campus is a little bit of a ghost town today, but it will be bustling this time next week. But glad to have you with us today. I had a great Christmas, by the way. Thank you for asking. I hope you had a great one as well with family and friends. Those that can't be with you, maybe you're able to connect with them over the phone or do some type of video chat with them. But hopefully you had a great Christmas and uh, always remembering the reason for the season, Jesus Christ, and not not losing that aspect of it in the shuffle. And uh, it being Friday, December 28th, there are a few things. Of course, really the only observances of note this week, of course, were Christmas. But there are a few other things. Of course, the 26th was Boxing Day, Candy Cane Day, Thank You Note Day, and National Winers Day. Yesterday, the 27th, was Free Balloon Day, Howdy Duty Day, Fruitcake Day, and Visit the Zoo Day. The 28th today is the Holy Innocence Day, Endangered Species Act Day, Chocolate Day is today and tomorrow, and Pledge of Allegiance Day. The 29th, Pepper Pot Day, Still Need to Do Day, TikTok Day, and YMCA Day. The 30th, Bacon Day, Falling Needles Family Fest Day. National Bicarbonate of Soda Day, or Baking Soda Day, and No Interruptions Day. And then the 31st, Leap Second Time Adjustment Day, Make Up Your Mind Day, New Year's Eve, Universal Hour of Peace, and World Peace Meditation Day, to name a few. Those things are all observances happening this week, along with Christmas, of course. By the way, if you ever miss part of this show, Saturdays from noon to 2 and Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m., you can tune in to our radio station station and listen to the entire show, all two hours of it. We do that because we know a lot of times you're just catching a little bit of the show here and there as you're in and out of the car or between other appointments. You might be turning the radio up and down. We want you to be able to catch the whole show. And so Saturdays from 12 to 2, Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m., catch us on the rebound, or download the podcast from our website, khmg.org, khmg.org, where you can get a nice, uh, clear stream of this show and many other programs we produce here at Harvest Family Radio. Or you can listen online anytime through that same website, khmg.org. Just click the Listen tab, and you can listen to everything we're broadcasting 
through the internet, which is always a lot of fun and very convenient. Now, I uh, read a story today that I wanted to share with you, and then we're going to take a break here in just a moment. Uh, Richard Overton, America's oldest man and oldest living veteran, died in Texas yesterday, Thursday. According to local reports, he was 112 years old. Overton, who lived in Austin, was a jovial figure in his neighborhood and was known to enjoy a cigar and whiskey, despite his advanced age. Probably not the best thing, but... On his birthdays, neighbors and people from all over Central Texas would come to his house to bring him gifts and celebrate with him, the Austin Statesman reported. It looks like everybody's getting ready to take a picture with Santa Claus, and he never turns anyone down, said his cousin, Volma Overton, to the newspaper. He's an open person to everyone. He wanted everyone who was in town who wanted to come by to come by. Overton was born in 1906. Boy, think all the things he saw in his lifetime. 1906 to 2018. 1906, deployed to the Pacific Theater during World War II, serving in Guam and Iwo Jima, according to the report. I wonder if he ever got to come back for the Liberation Day Parade. That'd be something worth checking out if any of you listeners want to check Richard Overton's story. 2013, he met President Obama and Vice, Vice President Biden at the White House. That year, the city of Austin also declared his birthday Richard Overton Day, according to the statesman. So, Richard Overton, American veteran, oldest veteran, and oldest American, just passed away a few hours ago. And it got me looking at how many different celebrities, people that are in the public spotlight that passed away. Now, you know, celebrities are just people. Uh, they just happen to be public people. We all have loved ones and people we know, uh, friends who've lost loved ones this year, and those really hit us a lot closer to home. But it is interesting because of people's public statuses. Celebrities, sometimes uh, the news of their passing is is of note, uh, sometimes newsworthy. And so I went back through and looked through who had passed away this last year. just want to flip through a few of these. One of the most recent um, was uh, Penny Marshall. She was Laverne on Laverne and Shirley, and she also was a director. She passed away at 75 years old. Uh, let's see who else we have here. Steve Hillenberg. Uh, he passed away last month. He was the creator of SpongeBob. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have here? A lot of different actors and people that are kind of B-film actors. Here's a few, though, that some of these I was surprised that I didn't hear about this when it happened or it didn't register with me. Roy Clark. Uh, he was a very famous um, uh, guitarist. He could play all the different stringed instruments, uh, country and uh, bluegrass music. One of the most talented guitarists, I think, of... This past century, Roy Clark passed away at 85 years old last month. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Stan Lee passed away. He was 95 years old. Catherine McGregor. Now, you might not recognize the name. She passed away at 93 years old last month. But she was the petty, gossiping mother on Little House on the Prairie, went by the name of Harriet Olson. Remember Mrs. Olson? Yeah, she, she just passed away last month. 
Burt Reynolds, uh, Aretha Franklin. Uh, let's see here. We have uh, Charles Krauthammer. I think we talked about him. He was a Pulitzer Prize winner for the Washington Post. He was a columnist and uh, Fox News contributor. Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade of the famous Kate Spade bags and things. Harry Anderson, he was a 1980s actor, was in that show Night Court. Uh, R. Lee Ermey, former Marine and also uh, played hardcore Marines in a lot of different uh, TV and movie depictions of such. Let's see here. Isao Takahata. Isao Takahata, founder of the prestigious Japanese animator studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli. Died April 5th. That was, you know, six, seven months ago. Uh, almost eight months ago. Died in Tokyo at the age of 82. Let's see who else here. Stephen Hawking passed away this year. Uh, David Ogden Steers was uh, kind of a famous 1970s and 80s actor. A lot of different things. Well, let's see. Who else? I mean, some of these I recognize. And some, you kind of recognize their face, or you might recognize something they were involved in, but you might not really recognize the name. But uh, just a lot of different people that you just don't even realize they passed away, or you don't realize how long the year has been. Dorothy Malone. Dorothy Malone um, uh, died almost a year ago, last January, natural causes. She was 93 years old. She was uh, in a 1960s soap opera called Peyton Place. And um, I recognize the name. I think my grandmother really liked her. Well, let's see. Is there anyone else? Oh, here's one I didn't even realize passed away. Jerry Van Dyke. So Dick Van Dyke's brother, Jerry Van Dyke, uh, died almost one year ago, January 5th, 2018. Um, he, you know, he was in a number of TV shows, but he was in the Dick Van Dyke show. As Dick Van Dyke's uh, brother, and he was very funny man in his own right, happened to be related to a very funny man as well. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we got some treats, not provided by the hub today, but uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to play a new game. So you got you to gotta stick with us for the new game we're going to play here on Live Till 5. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. It's Friday, December 28th, 3.17 p.m. here at the KHMG Studio. Glad to have you with us during this Christmas break. Be right back after this. A little more live till five. Glad to have you with us for episode 296 on this Friday, December 28th, 3.25 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. We'd love to hear from you on our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Find us there. Follow us. Send us a little message. Give us a little thumbs up. We love to get the feedback from you. We have no device that tells us how many people are listening over the radio waves. We can tell how many people are on the website, but... We really rely on that feedback to give us that warm, fuzzy feeling this time of year where we know that uh, you're listening in. So I have Sebastian 
and Chris in studio with me. And uh, guys, did you have a good Christmas? Sebastian, how was your Christmas? It was wonderful. First Christmas with Lucas. There you go. And last year, first Christmas with Jessica. Yep. That's boy, you're you're climbing up in the world pretty no, fast. Next year, who knows? Your trajectory is that's <laughs> a steep climb. That's awesome. Uh, Chris, how was your Christmas? Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. We I uh, I got some time off and we just did whatever we wanted to do. You know, nice. it wasn't a you know with no timelines, no schedules, nothing. So that was great. That's great. And uh, you had an anniversary also yesterday. Yeah, fifteen I saw, years. Saw the picture. You guys look very happy. We are very happy, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not just photo it's not, magic. That it's not, that is a real. There is no Photoshop. Because sometimes you know, social media images portray what what you want people to think. But for you, you want people to think you're happy because you're actually happy. I don't. It, people can think whatever they feel like, but we are actually happy. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I I put out some pictures on Christmas of me grilling. And the reality actually was we were totally getting stormed on the whole time uh, when I had the grill going. Oh. So what I put I out on social media was I want people to think, oh, we live in this wonderful tropical Chris- Christmassy. Yeah. But really. It's a rare day when I put a picture of of us on there or of yeah. me or of anybody. Yep. It's usually a picture of Guam, which You're is right. the, the, the key thing. But, um, but yeah, I figured for 15 years it was... It was. We needed to get a picture. It was of us. yes. It was yeah. worthy of uh, worthy yeah. of uh, yeah, absolutely. Whenever I you. post po- photos on Facebook or anything like that, social media, yeah. I intentionally make an awkward face just because. Then if you're always awkward, it's not awkward. Whereas if it's right. you know you weren't planning to for it to look awkward, then this guy's like, clever. So yeah. I'm just. I always make a funny. <laughs> One of my face. kids is like that, and he's ruined <laughs> been ruining pictures for 21 years and counting. So ever since he was a a little child, he figured that out. So he always smiles like this. We thought you just looked that way, Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then it's like, well, that's his normal smile. No, his normal smile is actually nice, but his normal photograph smile is where it's just one side of his mouth smiling and wincing. And yes, I know which looks one Looks like he's being is. pinched. Yeah, yes, that, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, hey, I wanted to play a little game with you guys today. Uh, it's just a short game. Uh, we all have drinks here, by the way, in front of us. Um, we got these from... The Mick Cafe, a Scottish restaurant. That's right. It's the Mick Cafe. Oh. Mm. Yeah, they have McDonald's fine Scottish cuisine. Oh, they're Scottish. I thought they're Irish. Mm. Mac, With all the Mick. potatoes, Irish potatoes. Mick, it, it could be. It could know. be. Anyway, <laughs> we're all drinking some drinks, so you have to try and guess what drink you're drinking. But then also, we're gonna play a new game, and for our listeners, uh, this might be the only time we ever play this, or we might start doing this with other foods as well. I, I call this game, How Old Is My Brownie? So, How Old Is My Brownie? Um, these brownies are aged to perfection, and I want to share them with you guys, and I want you to be able to take a bite and tell me how old, by texture and consistency, do you think this brownie is? Okay? So, uh, you take a bite of your brownie. Okay. They appear to have been frozen. Mm. Were they frozen? They were not frozen by me. Okay. Gotcha. By you. They could have been frozen before their birth date, so I, I would not consider pre-freezing time as the you know that was uh, maybe you know pre-birth. Oh, gotcha. Yes, gotcha. Since they've been born, that's how many how how long I want you to think these were. So, what kind of experience do we have at a game like this? Well, you know, this- have you ever had leftovers from the fridge? 
You ever stumbled into the office and you open the fridge up like, oh, I, I hope someone left some of their lunch, and then you dig through their styrofoam containers and you find half of it and then you eat it? I've never done that. No, ever. me neither. Me neither. <laughs> but I was kind of hoping you say you did. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so sometimes in the office, people bring treats. And uh, okay. I've, I've, you know, dug through different treats in the back of the office and okay. enjoyed some and regretted some. So hopefully this is more on the enjoyment instead of regret. But so describe the drink you're drinking and then uh, tell us how old do you think your brownie is? Because this how old is my brownie? It, it might really take off. It might be a big hit with the listening fans. So my drink is is a cold blended drink. It has white and brown coloring. Um, I I would say it has the has some caramel in there um a blended caramel ice drink i don't know exactly what mm-hmm. it is, but um mm-hmm. but that's my guess would you that. get it again um maybe i don't know i'm gonna start the whole 30 soon oh and, yeah you're uh, not gonna get this for at least 31 days yeah i, I don't mm. know i think i can have water when we do that so you that is that one of the <laughs> things you get to have that's good. So you better get get an extra one of these before you start whole 30 so yeah and then brownie you ate it all, so it must not uh, be it, awful. I did the deductive thinking here. I'm thinking that it was something given to you around Christmas time, um, maybe the week before everyone got out. So I'm going to say this is about two weeks old. Okay. Give me a number of days to be specific. How many days you okay. think? Um, well, let's go with 15 days. Okay. All right. Good guess. Days. All right, Chris, tell me about your drink and then your brownie guess. I'm familiar with this drink because when I go by McDonald's in the morning sometimes, if I go by there, I will get a medium uh, vanilla iced coffee. And I believe that's exactly what this drink is. I like these. Wow. And as far as the um, the age of my brownie, I'm going to go with, perhaps they were made, if they were made three days before Christmas, that would be the 22nd. Today is the 28th. That's only six days. I don't think that's quite enough. (laughs) Why do you think that? Perhaps four days before Christmas. That would be seven days. So I'm going to go with seven days. Seven. So we have quite the range. We have seven to, what'd you say? Fifteen. 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 All right. I'm drinking a chocolatey blended drink from McDonald's with a little whipped cream and chocolate syrup on top. It's a mocha frap. Sebastian has a caramel frap or frappe. And Chris does have the French vanilla medium iced coffee. Exactly the way you like it. I didn't even know you yeah, like those. They're great. It's good for me to know now. <laughs> Anytime the hub's not open... McDonald's right around the corner, pretty good deal. Um, and the brownies, uh, I'll describe this. They they're a little, they're a little dry, like where they start to fall apart a little bit. So they're they're losing their whatever it is that makes them stick together. They were probably much fudgier around right. their birthday. Right. Um. So the the age of these brownies is is partially unknown. In that, I can tell you when I found them. Um, they were on the back counter in the main office with a sign that says HBBC, please take, uh, last Friday. 
and I think they had been brought into the office during the day on Friday, which would make today, in a few hours, they would be nine days old. Ooh. I'm closer then. Yeah. Yeah. They were sitting out in the open air, I think, before I came on the radio show last week. And by the time everything was done for the day, they were in a plastic bag that said, HBBC, please take. The baker should not be judged based upon today's tasting of this brownie. No, a matter of fact, I mean, if you think about it, 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 that's a pretty good brownie. It tastes good after nine days. Yeah, come on. And, And someone could have brought it in. After having it at home for a couple days. I mean, who knows? They might have pre-made them. You know what? I've been gone for, uh, you know, this whole week. It's felt like two weeks. That's why I said two weeks. When I said, I should have said one week. But that's, I I think that's all I was thinking. But then I was like, yeah, it's actually only been one week. Yeah, we were just here last Friday. It was the last day of school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It's, you get in a little bit of a time warp. So whoever made the, and I don't know who made the brownies, by the way. I don't know who left the note that said, HBBC, please take. I don't know why HBBC didn't take it. You know, hopefully it wasn't like, you know. Meant for someone. Uh, yeah, like someone's birthday brownie <laughs> or something like that. But uh, today we are HBBC and we please took them. If, if they are, they're going to they're gonna hear about it first on the radio. That's right. Well, what a heartbreaking experience. Yeah, yeah. Where, well, we'll, that's we'll, where my brownies went. That's right. I was looking all over for them. I made those brownies for someone special. Well, we are special. This is, <laughs> and we're rolling it out. And if you would like to reveal your identity, whoever the brownie maker is. Just let us know. Now, these brownies are okay for nine-day-old-plus brownies. And like you said, Chris, they could have been frozen. They might have mm-hmm. been made, frozen. You know, they could be years old. They could be, you know. Well, there was uh, cookies that were made for them, right, for the finals. Yeah. Although, I'm wondering if those now, came in around that yeah, time. No, no. This, this was put out new because brownies don't last long in the back office, I must say. I'll tell you what, though. What could have fooled me there is they have that sort of crusty yes. outer texture. Yep. Could have been from the leaving them out, the yes, open the air. Yes, the air dry kind of dries it. the outside, and yeah. that's what makes them kind of crumbly. So yeah. these would be good like with vanilla ice cream on top or something like that. Like you break them up. And, and then lots of hot pudge, and then pretty much anything to drown <laughs> off the taste. Exactly. <laughs> Deep fried, yeah. So, um, all right. Well, thanks for playing along. Now, from what I understand, we're going to get some uh, really fresh treats here in a little bit because our... Um, Staff baker for Live Till 5 has been at work, and our staff delivery boy has to go pick them up yep. uh, during the next break. And so we'll be enjoying some of those treats. So for a listening audience, uh, you stick around, and you'll get to hear about that a little bit. Guys, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to talk about this day in history. So we'll see you in a little bit. Um, you know, I was looking back at what has happened this past year as far as, like I had read some of the people that had passed on this past year, and I was looking back also at what happened this day in history. Now, normally, Lawrence Nagas covers this segment, but I wanted to give him the day off. Didn't want to bother him. You know, hey, he works hard for his money. He needs he needs some time off. With the little family, you know, he's got his grandma here. He's got his baby. He's got his wife. And so, uh, you know what? Have a great day off, Lawrence. I'm going to cover for you today. So this day in history, December 28th. <clears throat> Number of things have happened. Very few of them matter much to me. 1065, Westminster Abbey in London was consecrated. Uh, Let's see here. Anything else around that time? 1836, Spain recognizes the independence of Mexico. Uh, Let's see here. 
1836, also on this day in history, the colony of Adelaide, South Australia, was formally proclaimed. 1846, Iowa becomes the 29th state in the Union. Uh, 1849, M. Jolly Bellin discovers dry cleaning. He accidentally upset lamp containing turpentine and oil onto his clothing and sees the cleaning effect. Uh, 1850, Rangoon, Burma was destroyed by fire. The whole city. Uh, let's see here. 1867, the United States claims Midway Island, the first territory annexed outside of the continental limits. I don't know if it was occupied or not. Uh, let's see here. 1869, William Finley Simple of Mount Vernon, Ohio, patents chewing gum. 1877, John Stevens applies for a patent for his flour rolling mill. Uh, let's see here. Just looking for anything that might be interesting to us in this part of the world. Ooh, 1902, the Trans-Pacific Cable links Hawaii to the United States. I would not have uh, expected that to be so early at the very beginning of the century. Uh, let's see, 1914, Turks are repulsed by the Russians after fighting in Armenia for weeks. Uh, let's see here. 1926, Imperial Airways begins the England-India Mail and Passenger Service. Uh, we have a few. Oh, 1934, first ever Women's Cricket International begins England versus Australia in Australia. I hope CW heard that, uh, that we recognized a famous date in uh, cricket history. That's uh, fairly obscure for most of our listeners. Uh, let's see here. 1944, former Washington third baseman Buddy Lewis was uh, wins the Distinguished Flying Cross. 1945, on this day in history, Congress officially recognized the Pledge of Allegiance. 1948, the DC-3 airliner disappeared 50 miles south of Miami, Florida. I believe that's a Bermuda Triangle type story. 1950, this day in history, the Chinese troops crossed the 38th parallel into South Korea. 1952, Detroit Lions beat the Cleveland Browns 17-7 to in the NFL championship game. I think that's of note because uh, Detroit has basically had a little over half a century of bad teams since that time. Uh, let's see here. 1957, the USSR performed atmospheric nuclear testing. And I think there's a video out there you can watch of that. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that we would find interesting here. Boy, it's hard to be, it's hard to be Lawrence. Uh, let's see. 1968, the Israeli assault on the Beirut airport, Beirut airport. 1970, Yemen, the Yemen Arab Republic, North Yemen, adopts constitution. Kim Il-sung in 1972 became the president of North Korea on this day in history. And uh, let's see here. 1975, the Hail Mary. With 32 seconds left in the NFC Divisional Playoff Game, Cowboys quarterback Roger Staubach. There was a desperate 50-yard winning touchdown pass to Drew Pearson to defeat the Minnesota Vikings, and the Hail Mary play is born. Now they use it all the time 
Fiddler on the Roof, 1976, opened at the Winter Garden Theater in New York City for 167 straight performances. Uh, let's see here. The U.S. in 1976 on this day in history performed nuclear tests in Nevada. Uh, let's see here. 1981, the first American test tube baby, Elizabeth Jordan Carr, was born in Norfolk, Virginia. There are a lot of uh, American and Australian cups uh, here. Let's see here. 1984, a creosote bush... So creosote type of tree or bush was determined to be 11,700 years old in 1984. Um, let's see if there's anything else. There's a number of uh, number of other things here. You know what? A lot of things happen this day in history. Some of them are more interesting than others. You know what? Let's just take a short break. When we come back... I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of treats our staff baker has made for us today. Listeners, I hope you're getting to enjoy some of those last leftovers of your Christmas celebrations as well. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 296 on this Friday, December 28th, 3.42 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Back with more Live Till 5 after this short break. a little more live till five i'm your host jared baldwin episode 296 on this friday december 28th 3 48 p.m here at the khmg studios glad to have you with us today if you ever miss part of the show saturdays noon to two sunday night seven to nine p.m you can catch us on the rebound when we rebroadcast the show all two hours of it on khmg you can also download the podcast a few hours after the show's over we upload the podcast and if you follow us on facebook harvest family radio guam You'll be notified when the podcast is ready, along with other great content that we produce here at the KHMG Studios. I really encourage you to go to our website, khmg.org. khmg.org has an entire library of Christian resources that you can download and listen to, and uh, they're cataloged in the library by topic, by passage, by speaker, and I think it'd be really uh, helpful to you, edifying to you, to be able to use those resources. That's why we have them there. So please, please go to the website, khmg.org, and check it out. And uh, we have enjoyed the year 2018. This is the last broadcast of 2018. Next week, we'll be into 2019 already. Hard to believe. Wow, it just goes by so quick. I hope uh, you had a good year and that you made the most of it, you know, because, uh, you know, 2019 is is upon us, and, and nothing's promised to us. We need to make the most of everything. I was looking up some different quotes that had to do with Christmas, and uh, some of these are kind of just, uh, you know, they're they're kind of funny, some of them are a little lighthearted, some of them are a little bit sappy or 
kind of like a chicken soup for the soul type quote, but interesting. Like I saw this one by David Letterman, famous television personality of years past. He said, I was Christmas shopping and ran into a guy on the street. I noticed his watch and said it runs slow. He said, quote, so does the guy I stole it from, end quote. Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, then a, a few interesting ones, I think, that um, kind of heartwarming quotes. Eva Logue said this, A Christmas candle is a lovely thing. It makes no noise at all, but softly gives itself away. While quite unselfish, it grows small. Very, very good quote there. Max Lucado said, Were it not for the shepherds, there would have been no reception. And were it not for a group of stargazers, there would have been no gifts. Bernard Manning said this, I once bought my kids a set of batteries for Christmas with a note on it that says, Toys Not Included. That's funny. Uh, let's see here. Bing Crosby said this, the famous Bing Crosby, of course. Uh, Bing Crosby said, Unless we make Christmas an occasion to share our blessings, all of the snow in Alaska won't make it white. You know, he was the singer of White Christmas. Calvin Coolidge previous president of the United States, said this, Christmas is not a time nor season, but a state of mind to cherish peace and goodwill, to be plenteous in mercy, to have the real spirit of Christmas. number of other great quotes out there uh, this time of year, of course, brings out a lot of wonderful sentiment. And uh, I'm going to talk a little more about Christmas in the second hour of the show. But uh, before the top of the hour, just want to give you a preview. I'm going to be talking about some of the the toys of Christmas, maybe the toys that you got as a child. Talk about American Girl, but I can't just talk about American Girl. I kind of have to talk about the the other end of the spectrum. So G.I. Joe and American Girl. Going to talk about both of those uh, in the second hour. Also going to be talking about some of the top stories of 2018. And I think I'm going to talk about also, uh, right now, I'd like to talk about the Queen's 2018 Christmas message. Queen Elizabeth, if you've been looking at the news, of course, bad news just travels a lot faster than good news. And um, I watch the Google trending stories, and if there's an interesting looking story there, sometimes I'll click on it just to see what is trending. And Queen Elizabeth's speech, although is is uh, of note, and I'm going to talk about that. The story that's out there was the criticism of the gold piano in her drawing room or wherever she broadcasts a speech from. And so this gold piano, of course, the whole world is up in arms that she has a gold piano and that she gave her speech in front of it. You know, I don't know. I mean, she is the queen of the United Kingdom. But uh, let's see here. According to Harper's Bazaar... Uh, this this story just came out on Christmas Eve. In her annual Christmas message, Queen Elizabeth reflected on the year as it comes to an end and looks ahead to the future. Since 1957, the speech has been broadcast on television. The Queen's speech for 2018 urges listeners to respect one another and to attempt to overcome even the most deeply held differences. During last year's speech, the Queen welcomed Meghan Markle into the family. The article from harpersbazaar.com goes on to say, Every year, Queen Elizabeth addresses the world, not just her own kingdom, but the whole world, with her Christmas speech. The Queen delivered her very first Christmas broadcast on the radio 
on December 25, 1952, and now her speech is streamed live on the internet and broadcast on TV to people all over the world. Revealed a day early via the Kensington Royal Instagram account in 2018, the Queen urges listeners to overcome their differences and understand one another. She says, quote, Through the many changes I've seen over the years, faith, family, and friendship have been not only a constant for me, but a source of personal comfort and reassurance. Even with the most deeply held differences, treating the other person with respect as a fellow human being is always a good first step towards greater understanding, end quote. Her impassioned message goes out at a time when the world faces much uncertainty, especially considering the major changes the United Kingdom will presumably work through during Brexit in the coming months. Also, according to the BBC, Queen Elizabeth is wearing, or was wearing now in past, but they were predicting this because this was on Christmas Eve. It was kind of an early release. An Angela Kelly ivory silk cocktail dress to deliver her speech, accessorized with gold scarab brooch, which was ruby and diamond embellishments, and it was a gift from her husband, Prince Philip, in 1966. So that's the Queen's Christmas address. And like I said, if you have been following the news at all, most of it's been negative about the setting around her. Um, I'm not quite sure what she can do about um, the piano in her drawing room where she gave the speech, but I think people are always looking for something negative. Anyway, I hope that you had a good Christmas, though. Um, It was really a treat for us because we have three young adult children, and uh, one of them was able to come home and actually spend Christmas with us. He's actually been home Thanksgiving and Christmas, and that was really a blessing to be able to be together for the holidays. And then to also know that our children that don't live here on Guam anymore, our other two adult children, were able to be with people that they love and were able to enjoy a great Christmas holiday themselves. Our daughter got to spend Christmas in Wisconsin with some friends and and uh, family and just had a wonderful time. Our son got to travel to Minnesota and spend uh, with, with a family and friends that he loves there. And then our other son got to be here with us. So we just enjoyed a great holiday. It was a little different, all of us being in different places, but it's also a blessing to know that uh, the same God who's watching over us here is also watching over our kids in the States, and uh, we feel very blessed. And I want to take this next two minutes before the top of the hour and just talk about just how grateful I am, grateful to be part of God's family. You know, the Lord saved me as a child. I went to church. My parents took me to church. One of the very first times I ever went to church, I got to hear the gospel, and it made sense to me as a third-grade kid. And I simply believed it, and I prayed and told God I believed it, and I asked him to forgive me of my sins, and the Lord saved me. And then there was this process of years of coming to understand who God was better, and I still have a long way to go, but just very grateful for all the blessings the Lord has brought in my life through salvation. And then I'm blessed because I got to marry a a godly Young lady, we got married very young, and uh, while I was in the United States Air Force, got stationed overseas, our very first Christmas together, we were only 19 years old, stationed in Japan. We couldn't even afford to call home because it was too expensive to call from Japan 
to Kansas City in 1991. And uh, we celebrated Christmas, and then we just got in the car, and we just drove from Misawa, Japan, far north to Amorty, and uh, just wanted to see the ocean. Drove north for a couple hours. We didn't know Japanese. We had to, like, follow maps and things like that. We didn't want to get off the main highway because we were afraid we'd get lost. Then we drove all the way back, and that was our first Christmas together. Just been so blessed, 27 Christmases with my wife, Tammy. And then God's blessed us with three wonderful children, as I've already mentioned. And each one of them has brought us great joy. My parents, who got to live on Guam for 13 years, I've been blessed with godly parents and parents that love us and have really been so kind and generous with us and a brother and sister out there and siblings and uh, in-law siblings and nieces and nephews, just it goes on and on. And uh, I just want to publicly express my gratitude. And uh, I have a wonderful church family here. Uh, Some of them I get to work with on a daily basis. They happen to be staff members at Harvest. Many of them, they work in other places, but we see each other throughout the week and we worship together and we serve together side by side. And I'm just grateful for each and every one of those relationships. One of my favorite groups to hang out with here on Guam is my Bible study group, the BGs. On Thursdays, we meet at 11 o'clock at the House of Chenfi. Ed Wong hosts that. And all the guys there in, in that Bible study group are just uh, some great friends and uh, all of us growing in the Lord together. We just enjoy that. I got so many blessings. I could spend a whole nother hour, but I just want to encourage you to take some time this week to think of all the things that you've been blessed with. Now, all those blessings I mentioned, they're not in the absence of trials or difficulties. I have plenty of trials and difficulties, changes and transitions and challenges, but you know what? Still very blessed, and uh, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for you, the listening audience, and I pray that you've had a great year past and a great year to come. And we're going to take a break for the top of the hour. We're going to come back in the second hour with something I'm grateful for, too. Our staff baker for Live Till 5. She's made us what looks like, well, I'll let you check out our Facebook page, and then I'll announce it in the second hour. But it is a beautiful, it's going to be a shame to eat it, but we are going to eat it indeed. Now you're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News, and then a second hour of Live Till 5. with the second hour of Live Till 5 on this Friday, December 28th, 4.05 p.m. here on the live radio broadcast. High atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, this is KHMG 88.1 FM, 
Barragata Guam, and you're listening to Live Till 5, our live local talk and variety program every Friday afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m. Download the podcast through khmg.org. Listen to the rebroadcast Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Glad to have you with us today celebrating the tail end of the Christmas season. I'm not ready for it to be over. Some years, you know, the season is long, and the day after Christmas, you stop listening to the music, but this season, not so much. You know, it being... December 28th, I feel like we still fall under the shadow of Christmas. I kind of wish I came from a tradition where they had those multiple days of celebration after Christmas. So you could kind of just prolong it just a little more. But it's been a great Christmas. And a few fun Christmas facts. I've got a few people out there that they just love trivia. They love interesting facts. And so I just want to share a little bit of... uh, little bit of Christmas fun facts from the Weird But True Christmas 300 Festive Facts that light up the holidays. National Geographic Kids book that I cannot remember who gave this to me for the show, but the State Song of Maryland is sung to the tune of Oh Christmas Tree. Didn't know that. People uh, People in Canada built a giant snow maze that's nearly the size of four professional basketball courts put together. I think they always put these things in in, uh, ratios compared to things that children would understand. White lightning is a thunderstorm thunderstorm while it's snowing. In the town of Galvel, Sweden, they erect a giant straw goat at Christmas. And the Yule goat actually has his own social media account. You can check that out. Uh, you can go to www.visitgavel.se slash en slash the dash gavel goat. There you go. Some people in Mexico carve nativity scenes out of radishes. Finally, a good use for radishes. Uh, Those were always the things that were left on the salad bar growing up, was the the little small stainless steel vat of radishes. I don't even know if they're food, but they're good for uh, decorating. Christmas dinner aboard the International Space Station has included turkey, potatoes, and plastic pouches. Turkey and potatoes and plastic pouches. Let's see here. Astronauts on the American Space Station once made a Christmas tree out of food cans. There's a picture of an astronaut here with uh, all of their stockings up on the the wall of the space station. Did you know it takes up to 10 years to grow a Christmas tree? Each year, people in the United States spend $1.6 billion with a B on holiday candy. And did you know that Americans prefer chocolate Santas to chocolate snowmen, according to a recent survey? Uh, In Norway, a whole sheep's head is considered a holiday delicacy. Don't get that at all. Ice skating may have been invented 5,000 years ago in Finland. Those Finns, they're a creative bunch. Uh, Let's see here. Oh. The man who wrote the song Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree didn't celebrate Christmas. Uh, Let's see here. Characters from Star Wars recorded a Christmas album. Songs included R2-D2's We Wish You a Merry Christmas and What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas When He Already Owns a Comb. Those are probably those things that the creators of Star Wars wish people would forget. In parts of England, people celebrate Christmas by jumping in ice-cold water. In Finland, you can study to be Santa's helper at the Elf Training Academy. 
A team of in, in India once constructed a giant Christmas decoration as tall as a 10-story building. The world's largest candy cane was as long as a gray whale. And a mass of sliding snow can weigh as much as a million tons. Hmm. Let's see here. How about just a few more facts and we're done. Residents of San Diego, California face a $250 fine if they keep their Christmas lights up past February 2nd. Now, that's one of those things. Makes sense. You know, or you just start calling them Valentine's lights. In the United States alone, people spend more than $1 billion every year on live Christmas trees and another $1.9 billion on fake ones. And finally, in France, St. Nicholas rides a donkey bearing gifts for children. Oh, okay, one more here. This one's good. People in Europe once hung their Christmas trees from the ceiling to keep them out of the reach of children. And actually, I believe that's a fad that's coming back. I've seen pictures of people hanging their Christmas trees from the ceiling. So uh, there you go. Some Christmas facts. Now, if you haven't checked out the Facebook page yet, I would encourage you to go there now and see a picture of what our Live Till 5 staff baker has prepared for us today. It is a delectable, beautiful, picture-perfect Yule log cake. And uh, I'm going to let Sebastian speak on behalf of this, but uh, Yule log cake. Um, so tasty. Uh, I'm getting ready to have my first bite. Sebastian, tell us about this Yule log cake. All right. From the baker herself, this cake is a Yule log made with espresso buttercream in the middle and topped with milk chocolate whipped cream. So that is what is we are eating. <laughs> can you can you say that one more time? Uh, what it's it's espresso buttercream in the middle. Yes, espresso buttercream in the middle and Whoa. topped with milk chocolate whipped cream. Whoa. Oh yes. You are right. The mediocre coffee is going to offset this perfectly. Yes, it's a nice pairing. Um, <laughs> I was drinking the McDonald's frap. Yeah. Too sweet, but a mediocre cup of coffee paired with a beautiful Yule log. Perfect. Made by our staff baker, Jessica. Oh, boy. Tastes great with mediocre coffee. Wow. Wow. Well, it's that, it's, you know, when you get a sweet thing, you want that, I don't know, is this, I don't know, it's almost a bitter taste of Mm -hmm. the black coffee to go with it. It's perfect. Yep. Yeah, because the... uh, I think the acidity of the coffee is right. offset by offset offset offset. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have if I have too much sugar, I will have that. Um, the the buttercream, the the uh, the mouthfeel of the buttercream is offset by the acidity of the hot black coffee. Right, yeah. that's amazing. And the picture that went on Facebook, it just captures it. So, oh well. yeah, people you need to check that, that out. <laughs> you need to check that out, and then you need to become very good friends with Sebastian and uh, his family because. <laughs> This is how they treat their friends. It's a wonderful thing to be their friends. Let me just tell you that. Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, although, Sebastian and I are not going to be eating like this for much longer. Nope. The new year is coming. Time to drop the hammer and, uh, hammer? and, and drop the fork and the spoon as well at the same time. We're, gonna, we're not going to eat Yule logs for much longer. We're just going to eat logs, like pine logs. Pure trees. Yep, and water. <laughs> and water. 
So, uh, okay, so I have a little uh, history. What is a Yule log? Traditionally, this is from some random uh, website, of course. (laughs) Traditionally, a huge log would be chosen from the forest on Christmas Eve, brought into the house. The log would be put in the fire, uh, in the fireplace, and lit with a piece of the last year's Yule log. The log would stay burning through the 12 nights of Christmas. The Yule log was believed to have magical powers and bring luck to all those that helped bring it in. Chocolate Yule Logs are now popular desserts at Christmas time. They're made from chocolate sponge covered chocolate icing, and they look like a log. There you go. It's a Yule Log, a Christmas log. And it really does. The picture does show that it looks like a log. If, if all logs looked as good as this Yule Log, people would be eating trees all the time. Yes. But, you know. But all the trees here look like palm trees. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because they are. Right yeah. now, it's just beavers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Beavers, every log they see looks like a Yule Log. Yeah. So, very tasty. Sebastian, thank you very much. Jessica, staff baker for Live Till Five, thank you if you're listening. And uh, please, um, we're going to have to find a way to make Yule Logs out of uh, celery and cabbage um, with uh, sugar-free, you know, stevia and maybe some, um, I don't know, some high fiber. She's joining me on the journey, so it'll be uh, fun. (sighs) We'll have to exchange recipes. On, on ketogenic-friendly, you know, paleo-friendly, <laughs> low-carb, high-fiber, yet tasty uh, snacks. You can only have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. So, well, anyway, thank you very much for bringing that up. Yeah, There's really very tasty. And listeners, um, I know that you don't get to enjoy it the way we are right now, but, uh, yeah, have yourself a little Yule Log. I know they make them at some of the bakeries here on Guam. You probably still get one before the season's over. We're going to take a short break. I'm going to finish my piece of Yule Log before we go into the rest of the show. Listeners, this is episode 296 of Live Till 5. We'll be back after this short break. With a little more live till five. It's Friday, December twenty eighth, four twenty p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. I'm glad to have you with us today. Probably, if you work for a school, you're probably on Christmas break right now. Congratulations, you worked hard for a semester, and the profession that you have been thrust into allows for you to take an extended break during the holidays. Good career choice right now. And you still don't have to go back to school for a while. So uh, those people that are not teachers are either already back at work or heading back to work soon. So congratulations, teachers, for a semester well served and looking ahead to the next semester as well. Students, you're out of school. Enjoying the break. Probably getting a little extra sleep. Having a little extra fun. 
So just stay out of trouble and uh, it'll be a good break. For everyone else, glad to have you with us as well. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This is episode 296 of our live local talk and variety program called Live Till Five. Been doing this for 296 times. We're going to have to do something big on episode 300. That's a big deal. So I'll be thinking about that. If you have any ideas, let us know through Facebook, Harvest Family Radio, Guam. Send me a private message. Give me some ideas for what to do on the big 300th episode. Came across a funny story today, Stranger Than Fiction, because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. This story came out on Christmas Day. Uh, Let's see here. One Pennsylvania town found a cheery uh, fix to a pothole problem that had been plaguing the neighborhood. Put a Christmas tree in it. Wilkes Bar resident, Wilkes Bar is the name of the town in Pennsylvania there, had been dealing with the pothole, which had gotten bigger over recent weeks. So, Marietta Spack decided to do something about it. Spack said, I was upstairs in the attic and was looking for more Christmas decorations and thought that would look nice in that pothole. Officials later placed a metal slab over the pothole until the permanent fix could be enacted. So, it kind of got the attention of the media, which uh, brought the public works folks from their town out. So, you know, if you have a large pothole in your street, in front of your house, and you're having a hard time getting it filled... Bedazzle it. You know what? If you can't beat them, join them. Here's another one. A woman in England needed rescuing from local fire department after falling through the attic ceiling while searching for Christmas decorations. And there's a picture of this lady's um, uh, pajama-legged calf hanging through the ceiling of her house here. Stacy Lee Doran, 30, had initially called for her partner Nikki to ask her to call up Uh, emergency services, but that's not how things played out, not at least at first. When Nikki came out and saw her just hanging, she laughed. And rather than helping her, she actually took pictures and then uh, sent the pictures to the local media. And we're talking about it all the way here in Guam now. So those are two of the things that happened this Christmas. Oh, um, also, a bunch of new millennial traditions. Uh, Christmas tree eyebrows. Those are interesting. Last year, Christmas tree beards were really a big, big deal. Um, and then finally, I don't know if you remember this. I talked about this a few weeks ago. The KFC uh, fire fire log that smells like fried chicken. Mid-December, the chicken chain debuted its own KFC-scented Enviro log. Said to smell like Colonel's signature blend of 11 herbs and spices once it gets going. And the item sold out within hours. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want my house smelling like KFC to that extent. Uh, Here's a list of different toys that were predicted to do really well uh, December 1st. And I'm curious if any of you parents or any of you children saw these toys under your tree during this season. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Fingerlings Untamed Raptors. They're like little little toys that kind of clip onto your finger and they look like dinosaurs. Uh, Fingerlings Untamed Raptors. Those were predicted to be really big. Num Noms Snackable Cereal. Uh, really cute little cereal faces. Uh, let's see, what else? Grumblies. Little grumbly toys. These are kind of scary looking little, little toys. 
Uh, but once you touch them, they calm down. I guess they, they're really loud, and then they kind of calm down. Examine and treat pet vet play set. So if you want to be a pet veterinarian, they have all these, these little medical devices and things like that, ointments and creams and medicines and surgical tools. And uh, kitty cat and puppy with the little satellite dish you put around their head while you operate on them. Uh, let's see here. Um, what other toys were really supposed to be popular? I'm trying to see here. Got got a number of them here. Some of them don't have their names. Imaginext Jurassic World Jurassic Rex. Looks interesting. Polly Pocket. Boy, Polly Pocket just keeps coming back. I thought they were gone, but now they're cool again. Uh, let's see here. Looks like there's also a new version of a Teddy Ruxpin. That's kind of cool. And Glow Worm as well. And then, of course, the Hatchimal, which is, uh, according to this article from Good Housekeeping, synonymous with Hot Holiday Toy. And the Hatchimal... $48 for this Hatchimal. Um, now, of course, it's a, it's a little bit of a dangerous thing to get for your kids because if they don't like what's inside, they're going to be super disappointed. I wanted to look back at some very famous toys. Uh, one for the girls here and then one for the little fellas. But how many of you listeners either have bought or have received an American Girl doll. These dolls have taken the country by storm now for an entire generation. And uh, there's an entire Mental Floss article about American Girl dolls and the company and things like that. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but a few interesting facts. The American Girl dolls, according to Mental Floss, were inspired by a visit to Williamsburg and a trip to the toy store. Um, and basically the, the founder of the company wanted to make historically accurate dolls that gave kind of a, a, a cool way for young girls to, uh, interact with history, but also have something to play with. And the company used a very unusual marketing strategy. And this is according to, um, Roland, the lady who founded the company, it was clear to me that the American Girl was a thinking girl's product line, one that would not sell at Toys R Us. It wasn't meant to blare out from the shelves on its packaging or visual appeal alone. It had a more important message, one that had to be delivered in a softer voice. So, according to uh, this article, rather than create a commercial, which the company didn't have the budget for anyway, or sell toys to toy stores directly, um, uh, they were told their dolls were too expensive at 82 bucks a piece. She decided that they would be sold by direct mail originally. And uh, originally, the focus groups that they pitched it to said it was a bad idea, and they really didn't like the idea of Molly, Samantha, Kristen, and Felicity. But uh, Roland, who started the company, had an idea to create books that had stories that featured these characters so the and they were kind of historical fiction stories that would accompany the doll. So when a little girl received the doll, they also were getting a little bit of historical fiction to go with it, so they could kind of imagine uh, what what was happening. And this big gamble basically paid off. 
Between September and December 1986, American Girl sold $1.7 million worth of product. And the numbers only went up from there. The company made $7.6 million in its second year and brought in $30 million its third year. $27 million uh, dolls have been sold since 1986. Uh, and the owner, Roland, said none of the money they earned, the $27 million that they've sold, has been as much fun as that first million dollars that they that they made. The original dolls came with six books that followed um, naming conventions. So basically meet and then the character's name, an American girl. And then the character's name learns a lesson, a school story. The character's name, surprise, Christmas story, happy birthday, character's name, springtime story. Character saves the day, summer story, and changes for the character, a winter story. Each book costs $12.95 hardcover or $5.95 paperback. Kit, you know, Kit Kitridge, released in 2000, was the last doll with books that followed these naming conventions. The dolls released, starting with Kaya in 2002, retained the first and the last titles, but four different books in the middle. With the rebranding of the historical line to the Be Forever in 2014, the books were repackaged into two volumes, and Mary Ellen, the first new character released after rebranding, only ever had stories in two volumes. There's a bunch of other things. I mean, American Girl, I remember uh, my daughter getting one, and she was so excited. And I really was like, you know, this is pretty neat as far as uh, dolls and toys go. Pretty neat. And then, of course, American Girl became a uh, very uh, popular item as far as they had their own stores and malls uh, for a number of years. I don't know if they still do that or not, but... um, they have like a, a museum you can go to, things like that. So, American Girl. Now, all the American boys could care less about American Girl dolls. They don't even play with dolls. They play with dolls that are called something else, action figures. And, of course, G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe was inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame, the National Toy Hall of Fame, in 2004. In 1964, amid the Cold War, Hasbro introduced a new type of toy into the world. G.I. Joe was named after ordinary soldiers of World War II, and the 11 and one inch male figure wore uniforms representing the U.S. military, had 21 moving parts. Hasbro rebranded it an action figure to distinguish it from dolls and created a variety of vehicles, equipment, and play sets to accompany it. And... Uh, in the early 80s, G.I. Joe returned, but reduced again to its three and three-quarter inch size. This time, the Saturday morning TV show had a long-running comic book series, and it fueled G.I. Joe's revival. In the early 90s, Hasbro restored Joe to its original size and offered collectible Joes for adults. By 2004, Hasbro had sold more than 400 million G.I. Joe figures in the 40 years since the toy's debut. Because of its popularity, G.I. Joe has been both battle-scarred soldier and American culture wars, an influential toy prototype. For some critics, Joe's message of might makes right is the wrong one to share with children. Other adults counter that Joe encourages kids' stories of good triumphing over evil and fosters creativity, imagination, and self-esteem. While grown-ups argue over Joe's merits and flaws, kids play on, and hundreds of other action figures uh, people the toy landscape. There you go. So G.I. Joe. And finally, before I take a break here, I went back and looked at, because that article was from the Toy Hall of Fame, the National Toy Hall of Fame. And I wanted to look back at, you know, what toys have been inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame and kind of what 
what criteria do they use? So this is from the National Toy Hall of Fame website. It says, uh, the National Toy Hall of Fame recognizes toys and games that inspire creative play over multiple generations. Toys can be nominated by anyone for the Hall of Fame, and they are then selected by historians and educators according to four criteria. Icon status. How widely are they known? Longevity. How long have they been enjoyed? Discovery. How can they encourage learning through play? And innovation. How have they changed play or toy designs? The last factor, innovation, can outweigh all the other criteria if the toy is made an industry-changing contribution. For example, 2007's Atari 2600 game system. So, the National Toy Hall of Fame began by honoring Crayola's crayons, Barbie, the Erector Set, Etch-A-Sketch, Frisbee, Legos, Marbles, Monopoly, Play-Doh, Teddy Bear, Tinker Toys, all in 1998. The Erector Set was a special significance since the A.C. Gilbert's Discovery Village that housed the National Toy Hall of Fame was named after the inventor of the Erector Set. Since 1998, the National Toy Hall of Fame has generally honored two or three toys each year, including such as the Hula Hoop, G.I. Joe, Candyland, Tonka Trucks, Dunkin' Yo-Yo, remember the one with the butterfly? That was so cool. Viewmaster, Radio Flyer, Wagon, and they also had the Radio Flyer Sled, which is super cool as well if you live in a snowy climate. They also honored general category toys, such as the bicycle, playing cards, alphabet blocks, kites, cardboard boxes, the blanket, and the stick of all things. So here you go. Since 1998, here's the National Toy Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, 99, Dunkin' Yo-Yo, Hula Hoop, Lincoln Logs, Radio Flyer Wagon, Roller Skates, Viewmaster, 2000, The Bicycle, Jacks, Jump Rope, Mr. Potato Head, Slinky. 2001, Silly Putty and Tonka Trucks. 2002, Jigsaw Puzzles. Raggedy Ann. 2003, Alphabet Blocks and Checkers. 2004, G.I. Joe, Rocking Horse, and Scrabble. 2005, Candyland, Jack in the Box, and a Cardboard Box. 2006, Easy Bake Oven, Lionel Trains. 2007, the Atari 2600 Game System, Kites, and Raggedy Andy. 2008, Baby Doll, Skateboard, and a Stick. 2009, The Ball, The Big Wheel, and Nintendo Game Boy. 2010, Playing Cards and the Game of Life. 2011, A Blanket, Dollhouse, and Hot Wheels. 2012, Domino's Star Wars Action Figures. 2013, Chess and a Rubber Ducky. 2014, Bubbles, Little Green Army Men, and the Rubik's Cube. 2015, The Puppet, Super Soaker, and the Game Twister. 2016, The Swing, Dungeons and Dragons, Fisher-Price Little People. 2017, The Game Clue, Paper, Uh, I'm sorry, Paper Airplanes, and the Wiffle Ball. In 2018, this year, the three things that have been inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame, the Magic 8-Ball, the Pinball, like Pinball Machine, and the game Uno, which is a very fun card game. So there you go, National Toy Hall of Fame. How many of those have found their way under your tree? Very uh, cool. I've seen a lot of those in my home over the years, the 40 plus years of my life. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we have a little bit of news with Chris Harper, maybe a little more Christmas trivia as well as we wrap up the Christmas season. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, episode 296 on this Friday, December 28th, 4.37 p.m. here at the KHMG studios. Back after this short break.
And we're back with a little more live till 5. It's Friday, December 28th, 4.41 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam, episode 296 of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, and we have Chris Harper in studio with the news. And for our listening audience, what you don't know is we have a beautiful chocolate Yule log strategically placed between Chris and I, like the demilitarized zone. It's like the wall border. Like Chris is on one side of the border and I'm on the other side of the border and the Yule log is the wall. You know, if we just put Yule logs on the border of our country, we would probably attract, you know, peaceful interaction across the border. As well as ants. And ants. It, it, it could yeah. that could happen for sure. I don't think this Yule log is going to be here. If any of our listeners want to swing by in the next 15 minutes, they can come and get a piece of this. If you're anywhere near the campus, you're welcome to come by and try this. It is amazing. Check out the picture on our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam, and uh, follow us on Facebook as well. Chris, what's happening in the news? Well, some some interesting news from around the world regarding Christmas. Pilgrims from around the world flocked to Bethlehem on Monday for what was believed to be the biblical West Bank City's largest Christmas celebration in years. Hundreds of locals and foreign visitors milled around in Manger Square as bagpipe-playing Palestinian scouts paraded past a giant Christmas tree. Crowds flooded the Church of the Nativity, venerated as the traditional site of Jesus' birth, and waited to descend into the ancient grotto. Palestinian tourism minister Rula Maya said all Bethlehem hotels were fully booked and the city was preparing to host an astounding 10,000 tourists just that night. She said, we haven't seen numbers like this in years and added that 3 million visitors to Bethlehem this year exceeded last year's count by hundreds of thousands. So it's a huge, huge year uh, for Israeli tourism. Um, I just watched a documentary uh, with my uh, Creation to the Cross college class. We, we had a little break, and so we watched a little video by Jimmy DeYoung, yes. who we've heard many times on our own radio station, and he does a, a video, uh, Bethlehem, Beyond the Christmas Story, um, uh, along with another kind of Discovering Bethlehem video but really interesting, he gets to interview the mayor of Bethlehem. Okay. And did you know that uh, this is something I had never heard? Bethlehem is the city of peace. Um, it, it is kind of their their uh, motto. And so they are um, always governed. Their mayor has to be a Christian. Because uh, when, and I can't remember which Israeli leader uh passed that law, basically, but there was a time in the past where they they decreed that all future mayors of Bethlehem had to be a Christian because a Christian would bring a sense of peace between the Muslims and the Jewish people that live in Bethlehem. And so uh, for a number of years, the mayor has always been of Christian background and not Jewish, not Muslim, so that it kind of breaks down some of those sectarian walls that, that exist in that that region, Bethlehem's supposed to stand out as an example of um, uh, embracing the differences and things like that. It's, it's just a very interesting, the interview with Jimmy DeYoung is fascinating with the mayor of Bethlehem. Hmm. 
Well, in other news, Iraqi lawmakers are seizing on the opportunity uh, as President Donald Trump's surprise visit, you might have seen on uh, some of the news shows or on YouTube, um, to demand U.S. forces leave their country. Politicians from both sides of Iraq's political divide are calling on their parliament to vote to expel U.S. troops, approximately 5,000 U.S. troops, are stationed in Iraq as part of the Coalition Against the Islamic State Group. Foreign influence has become a hot-button issue there in a year that saw supporters of populist cleric Moqtada al-Sadr win the largest share of votes in May elections. Al-Sadr has called for curbing U.S. and Iranian involvement in Iraqi affairs. Trump spent three hours at a U.S. airbase meeting with American troops on an unannounced visit on Wednesday, he left without meeting with any Iraqi officials. Lawmakers decried this visit as arrogant and a violation of Iraqi sovereignty. Wall Street staged a swift last-minute turnaround on Thursday that rescued stocks from a steep dive that put the market on track to end a topsy-turvy volatile week. With a gain. It was a modest comeback, though. The comeback reversed a 611 point drop in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the SP 500, and NASDAQ eked out modest gains as well after having been down 2.8 and 3.3%, respectively. Thursday's sharp swing in stocks followed their best day in 10 years. Even so, the market remains headed for what could be its steepest annual loss since. The financial crisis. Wow. So a couple of things going on around the world. Yeah. Thank days. you for sharing that. I was looking yeah. back at some of the the big news stories of this past year. Um, one of the biggest stories covered internationally was the uh, Puerto Rico crisis, where much of Puerto Rico went without power for 10 or 11 months. And basically the whole world, even though Puerto Rico is an American territory the the whole world came to kind of the the aid of puerto rico to help it rebuild and get back on its feet right and another one was the royal wedding of uh you know the royal family having the wedding that was probably internationally probably one of the biggest stories yeah the uh the um the confirmation hearings for brett kavanaugh oh yes yeah huge story united from the united states perspective i know that's been on all the all the wrap-ups this is a great time of year actually to kind of look back um, because there are amazing wrap-ups from uh, news organizations like the BBC or, uh, you know, um, a lot of the CNN, things like that. And you don't uh, realize how uh, some of the stories that have happened in 2018, they felt like so long ago, so far away, you don't even realize that was just 11, 12 months ago. And the news cycle moved so quickly today that huge stories tend to wrap up very quickly uh, to make way for other new stories, particularly scandal. Uh, you know, it's an outrage-driven news cycle is yep. kind of what people call it. And so you basically go to the next thing that outrages one constituency or the next, yep. um, usually some comment that somebody has made or something like that. But there are also been big events happening in the world as yep. well. So, yeah, it's been yeah. an amazing 
It's been an amazing year. One that uh, I kind of forgot about, again, because so many other things end up being so outrageous, uh, to, to use the same phrase, was the story of the Thai soccer team, boys oh, soccer yeah. team, yeah, and the rescue efforts, and, and the entire... Pastor Gary Walton just mentioned uh, a little bit of that as an illustration, yeah. I think, two or three weeks ago, um, but just an amazing story of, of uh, overcoming... Basically, what seemed like it was just going to be a total tragedy, because most of those stories don't turn out where everyone is rescued, and they lost one uh, former Thai Navy SEAL in the process of rescuing these boys, but they were able to get the whole team out and the coach and and live to tell the story. Yeah, a lot of big stories. Billy Graham died this Billy year. Billy Graham, yep, that's right. Yeah, which was a big story during the year, and, and of course, uh, former President George H.W. Bush. Yeah, very uh, recently. This year. Yeah. And uh, just this week, uh, former Seattle Sounders head coach. Yeah. And, I mean, Most winningest MLS coach, I believe. Right. right? Ziggy Schmidt just died the uh, day before Christmas, I believe. And uh, I I had a, uh, only because I've watched the team ever since day one, mm-hmm. you know, he started the uh, the MLS team in 2009. So, you know, that was a, that was a shocking moment for me to to hear that yeah he, he uh, do you died. know how did he pass away he he went into the hospital a few weeks ago uh two weeks before christmas and uh, they determined that he needed a heart transplant but mm. um you know he died uh, yeah, before waiting that for the have, yeah that's yeah, that, that, that doesn't happen quickly no. and he was the coach of the la galaxy for a while right yeah just re- most recently he was a coach of the la galaxy and and, and just left at the end of the season Really? Wow. So left his last position and just died a few months, a couple months later, really. Wow. Wow. So it was only 65. Yeah. Wow. But huge legendary figures in the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame, winning as coach in the history of MLS, multiple uh, U.S. Open Cups, MLS Cups, Supporter Shields. He's got all the trophies. Where was he from originally? Uh, from L.A., for right okay. there in California. So he was going back to his hometown club when he uh, coached the L.A. Galaxy. So, wow. wow. Yeah. Well, so. that's, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, people have passed on this past year, and um, it just kind of reminds you the brevity of, of life yeah. and to make sure your life counts for something that's not just wasted. Yeah. And so it's a good challenge to all of us. Thanks for sharing the news with us today, Chris. Yep. Listeners, thanks for sticking around. We're going to take a very short break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap up this episode of Live Till 5. More after this. Welcome back to the last few minutes of Live Till 5. It's 4.55 p.m. on this Friday, December 28th, if you're listening to the live broadcast. Tune in Saturdays from noon to 2 and Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound when we rebroadcast this show in its entirety, all two hours of it, for your listening pleasure. You can also download the podcast through khmg.org, khmg.org. Download this podcast as well as many other great programs that we produce right here at Harvest Family Radio. 
And, of course, let us know you're listening. You can email us through our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Give us a little thumbs up, follow us, and then anytime we do upload a new podcast, you'll be notified of it, which is a great way for us to stay in touch with you. You can also send us private messages through there. And um, if you go on our Facebook page right now, you'll see a delectable chocolate Yule log prepared by the Harvest Family Radio Live Till 5 staff baker, Jessica, who once again has uh, really spoiled us here on the radio show. So thank you very much, Jessica. And uh, listeners, just as we wrap up this hour and really the last episode of Live Till 5 for the year 2018, again, want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's been a wonderful year, about 50 one fifty-two episodes uh, that we created this past year here on Live Till 5. Hopefully they've been entertaining and encouraging to you. We intentionally take a little bit of a lighthearted approach to this show. It's a little different than anything else we do. And we're just trying to give you kind of a let your hair down opportunity uh, as you listen to the show. And um, hopefully always build you up and encourage you, make you smile a little bit. And uh, we love interacting with you. 296 times we've done this, and that's that's a big investment and uh, worth every minute of it if we've uh, brightened your day even a little bit. So thank you very much for that, and a happy new year. You know, a great way to end the year 2018 and begin the year 2019 would be to uh, be at church this Sunday. And if you don't have a church home, or if you don't go to a church where they open the Bible, and preach from the Word of God, please come visit us here at Harvest Baptist Church. We're one of many great churches here on Guam. And uh, I happen to work here, so you know I'm biased, but there are many great Bible-preaching churches on Guam. Harvest Baptist Church happens to be one of them. And if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to visit us this Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. We have a guest speaker, Dr. Sam Horn, no stranger to Harvest. I think he's been to Guam 20, 25 times over the years. And uh, he's a great preacher and a great friend. And he'll be here for the Sunday School Hour. The Adult Bible Fellowship will all be combined in the auditorium at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning. And then he'll also be speaking Sunday night at 6 p.m. And then our own pastor, Gary Walton, will be speaking Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So if you can come to one service, come Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. to the Harvest Baptist Church Auditorium. We'd love to have you there. We always want to warmly welcome you and see if there's anything we can do to help you out. And if you come... To visit our church, and you heard about it here on the radio, come up and introduce yourself to me. Jared Baldwin, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'd love to meet you and greet you and just uh, thank you for visiting our church. And uh, as you go into this year-end time, as you wrap up the year 2018 and you look back, and maybe, you know, you have some victories, you can celebrate, you can look back and say, you know what? God really did an amazing thing there. What a great victory. But you also look back and maybe you had a few, you know, things that could have gone better, things that maybe you could have done differently, choices you could have made differently. You know, don't let those things hold you back from having a great year of 2019. You know, if it's something that, you know, you made a regrettable decision, ask God to forgive you and help you move forward, help, help you to have a, a great year 2019. And uh, the victories you had, ask God to help you duplicate those in the new year and to uh, sustain you, and he will. He promises to take care of his children. And that's it for Live Till 5 for the year 2018. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, episode 296 on this Friday, December 28th. So glad to be part of year 2018 and looking forward to being with you in the year 2019. 
You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.